0: Welcome to the Athlete Insights Podcast, hosted by Yash Day, a podcast focused on letting athletes tell their journeys in their sport. This podcast is presented by Boxed Water. Boxed Water is better.
1: Welcome in to another episode of the Athlete Insights Podcast. Today I've got my guest, Zach Angelillo. He's a former fullback at the University of Northern Colorado. Um, He also played linebacker, fullback at Cal as well. Um, So... Zach, welcome into the show. Appreciate you for uh, for taking the time um, making this happen. So I appreciate you for that.
2: Yes, sir. You actually having me on.
1: So as with every guest, I like to kind of take it back to the beginnings to where it all started. Uh, A little bit nostalgic there, but um, talk about that a little bit and kind of your early years in in football. Kind of what what's your earliest? Let's start with this. What's your earliest football memory?
2: Yeah, so I started playing tackle football when I was in fourth grade. Um, We had a really good team, I remember, when I was young. Uh, The area I'm from, Fresno, California, we have a lot of guys. um, Football's big where I'm from, so we have a lot of guys that I played with, you know, going from elementary school, middle school, high school, um, that, you know, went D1 for college, or a lot of guys in the NFL now. And I remember um, when I was in – fourth grade, uh, Jalen Johnson, who's now one of the starting cornerbacks for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. He played he played uh, running back for us, um, and he was really good. And we had a lot of other guys on that team as well Yeah, um, that ended up going and D1 college football. So I just remember, even from a young age, um, another guy, uh, Trent Tompkins, he plays uh, quarterback and wide receiver at UC Davis. Um, okay. A bunch of other guys, yeah, that ended up you know, going on to bigger and better things after high school. And um, yeah, we were just so competitive from such a young age and that was definitely something that, um, you know, just my first year playing tackle football, it was like very competitive and, and fun from a young age and definitely got me hooked going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads into my, my next question, kind of answer that a little bit, but talking about kind of, What drew you to football versus did you play any other sports growing up or kind of what drew you to what made football kind of stand out versus, say, basketball or golf or other sports like that for you?
2: Yeah, my uh, my mom would laugh because she would say that I was always a very like rowdy kid. Uh Um, I loved to roughhouse and kind of my friends were the same way. We would always be like wrestling or uh, playing like pool basketball and more so like drowning each other than playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we all just played football and that was just big for us from a young age yeah. uh, we played basketball too and I liked playing basketball I played basketball from I don't know like third or fourth grade yeah uh, through my freshman year of high school and then mm-hmm. after my freshman year of high school I just wanted to focus on football yeah. but yeah football was always my passion um, it was what I was best at sports wise too yeah um, I just love the competitiveness of it physical nature and uh, yeah, just the team building too. And it was also kind of a, you know, circumstantial thing of where I grew up with how important football was in my community and how much, uh, how much emphasis it was put on, you know, like football's where it's at and all my friends played and all their older brothers and everything played too. So it was just, you know, always what I was drawn to from a young age.
1: For sure. For sure. And what would be your earliest or not your earliest, sorry, what would be your, uh, most memorable, uh, like memory from your your youth playing youth football, playing peewee football, football, uh, whatever it was youth football before. This is pre high school. So, what would be your kind of most memorable moment that you can remember playing youth football?
2: Hmm, playing youth football that's a that's a tough. one. sometimes sometimes yeah. I have a hard time yeah. remembering all that little stuff when I was a little kid. But I would just say being able to um, play. With, you know, my friends, like growing up, like I said, it was just, we were all so competitive and everything. So I think just um, having that competitive nature, even as a young kid, Mm -hmm. uh, just amongst all my friends too, that was really memorable to me. And um, I was also very lucky where a lot of the guys that I went to high school with, I had been playing with them since we were little kids. So by the time we were like, you know, freshmen, sophomore in high school, Mm -hmm. um, we'd already played together since we were in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. So, so that, that team chemistry
1: and that bond yeah. was was a lot yeah. easier for you guys.
2: Um, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I would just say that like being able to, um, we won a lot of games when we were younger too, and that was fun. It was like, yeah, it made it fun because we were winning a lot as well. So yeah, yeah,
1: winning. a hey, winning always helps, man. Winning is is uh, you know, winning is fun. Winning is addictive, and again, like you said, it makes it makes it a lot more like makes football a lot more fun when you win games rather than um, you know the other way around but you mentioned yeah. high school there Zach so we'll just we'll jump into kind of your high school um, career kind of describe kind of talk about that expand on that describe your high school experience um playing football you, you mentioned how you had played with guys since fourth grade fifth grade you guys already had a good team chemistry going but talk about your Um, high school football career and what kind of stands out to you um, within your high school football career
2: yeah so I would say when I came into high school I was a pretty like skinny lanky kid I was Mm -hmm. like about six foot and 155 pounds so I was playing um, like strong safety and wide receiver yeah and which is when I had played mostly in like eighth grade and then just transferred on over to there in high school Sure. Uh, and then towards the end, so I played JV when I was a freshman, and yeah. then the last couple games of the season, I got pulled up to varsity um, for playoffs. And yeah. I remember the middle linebacker who ended up going to Stanford. His name's Ryan Beecher. Okay, um, he was like a stud linebacker from my high school, yeah. And he got sick, like he got really, really sick. I think the week before playoffs started so I got pulled up to varsity and I remember the varsity head coach who I'd known since I was a little kid but yeah. he was like hey so you know Beecher went down so you're going to be starting at middle linebacker yeah um for this playoff run so a oh. you know, little little scrawny freshman me I yeah. was playing middle linebacker for a varsity. couple of playoff games yeah and that was that was fun and I I, I stuck my nose in there and you know did the best i could and i remember though at that time i was like man i really have to have to hit the weights and get stronger and everything going forward so the weight uh, yeah definitely and and the strength coach at my high school is amazing i still have a great relationship with him his name's Will Hamilton yeah um yeah he's he's always been like a big mentor to me and a friend now um so we we really got in the lab together over the summer and yeah. Put some size on me and everything, and so it was kind of funny. I entered high school at like 155 pounds. Yeah, uh, you know, pretty scrawny kid. And then when I left high school, I was 220. So I've oh, grown okay. quite a bit of size throughout high school, and definitely, yeah. uh, definitely worked really hard. And I'm grateful that I had Will to help me out there and guide me and coach me along the way. But for I sure. think for me, just like my high school experience was very much like football was my main focus, and yeah. any of my any of my friends um or anyone any of my teammates that went to high school with me or even the people that went to other high schools they would kind of know that that's what I was known for it was like football was pretty much synonymous with me yeah um and I was just very committed and driven to it I knew that I wanted to make it to the next level and play in college yeah and I would say like towards the end of my sophomore season and junior season it kind of became apparent that I had a good chance to do that. And then when wow. I started getting offers following my junior season, I was, you know, I was stoked because I had I had been working, you know, really hard to get to that point. Yeah. And that's something that I, I talk to a lot of kids from my community, um, you know, to this day. And I'm connected with some various coaches and trainers there. And yeah, know, when I'm home, I I talk to their talk to their kids and like Alon Page, he's a trainer back in fresno and and he does some great work in the community and so whenever i'm back home i meet up with him and the kids he's training and talk to them and um something i always kind of emphasize to them and i i try not to say it to like the younger kids the kids are in like elementary school middle school yeah um because at that point it's like hey like just be a kid like have fun play with your friends all that but the kids that get into high school particularly when they're like sophomores juniors yeah i tell them i'm like hey if you really want to go for it and you want to play in college you're gonna have to commit a lot of um not only your time but like your mental energy and everything yeah Uh, making sure you're doing things the right way in the classroom too because i know a lot of kids um not necessarily like me or any of my friends but some kids would have all the talent in the world but not necessarily be able to make it uh, to the level they want to in college because of their grades and stuff. So yeah. uh, something I always emphasize, like, hey, you have to really take care of your business, not only on you know Friday nights when you're playing, but yeah. you know throughout the off season, putting in work on your body and everything, yeah. taking care of things in school, all that kind of stuff. So I just I definitely like to look at myself as an example of doing things the right way in those regards, and that's just what I emphasize to the kids that I talk to. Um, yep. like I remember, let's see, a couple of years ago, I was home over a Christmas vacation and there was this kid named Logan Stutt. Okay. He went to, you high school, I think. So not the high school I went to, but yep. another school in the area. And he was, I think he was like a freshman at the time. Okay. And he was, you know, like he kind of reminded me of me, honestly, he was a pretty, pretty like skinny kid said he was playing linebacker and I was right. like you got to put some size on, you know, and, and he, but I could tell he loved football and he really wanted to make it to the next level. And I remember basically having that talk with him and telling him like, Hey, if you want to make it to the next level, like these are the things that you need to do. Yeah. And there's no, there's no way to cheat it really. Like you either put in the work and you make it or you don't. Yep. Um, And that kid ended up, I think he's like a, he's like a three-star recruit now. Um, had had a couple power five offers and he just committed to Fresno state. So he's going to stay home and play for the local team. And I, I spoke to him the other day. Um, Cause I just reached out and like said congrats and everything. And it's like, to me, it's rewarding seeing people um, that are like willing to put in that that work and, and grind for themselves. And I told him I was super proud of him. Cause I was like, I remember meeting you when you were like 15 or something Couple years ago and and you were like hey I want to play college football like what do I do and and I was like hey you went out there and you did it man so you should be proud of yourself but um basically just sum it up I think like my high school experience was very much like I enjoyed high school like I was still a kid for sure yeah but I knew from like a young age that I had goals that I needed to work really hard to achieve Mm -hmm. and I think that's just something important to recognize is like making it to you know division one college football doesn't happen by accident and especially when you're a kid with me that like yeah i had some talent but by and large i had to work for a lot of that stuff and i had to really um kind of like earn the respect i was given and all that so definitely you know being committed to those goals i think would summarize my high school experience
1: for sure for sure and Moving into, I mean, it, it's true, right? Whatever you're passionate about, whatever you want to move into, you have to be, you have to have goals, you have to work, right? Not everybody is talented, Um, what they do. I'm not the, I mean, I'm, I'm getting my PhD, so I'll connect it there. I'm not the highest, I'm not the guy with the highest IQ in the room, whatever it is, but you're always working at what you want to do. Same thing with you, right? You, you said you were 120 pounds or whatever it may be when you started, and then you, you bulked up, you got better in the off season. Now you're, you were 220 when you left high school. And so, um, you know, it, it's great to see, and it was great to see you, I mean, ball out the season you were at, uh, at UNC as well um, that I got to see out here and kind of transitioning now into the, the college game. And before we do that, I had a, you, you talked about a key aspect there, the mental aspect of football and being mentally everything um, having that situated and correct. Um talk about that and kind of what, what do you do you, what percentage of football do you see as more physical versus what percentage of football do you see as being mental
2: is it a 60 yeah. 40 split
1: is it 50 50 physical mental how do you see that playing
2: out i'd say it's hard to put a percentage on it a lot of coaches will be like oh this game is 90% mental yeah. um i think there is some truth to the fact that it does require not only a lot of uh mental like strength and grit because mm-hmm. it is a hard physically demanding game yep. but also i mean the way that i've always looked at the game was it's more it's more strategy based than it is just pure athleticism based yeah and i think especially my last couple of years at unc um when i was like the old guy in the room right and even yeah. my last year at cal as well yeah. Um, when I was like the old guy in the room and and the younger guys would be kind of like, you know, trying to pick up a college playbook the first time yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, and you could ask any of the guys that I played with there at yeah. either school, but I was always putting in extra work on film and, you know, studying the notes that I took during meetings and all that, and really trying to master the playbook yeah. and not only like my specific role in the playbook, but the whole concept. Right. Yeah. So as a fullback, for example, mm-hmm. um, if we're running like a, Inside zone lead play, yeah. where I'm leading up on an inside backer, I need to know, you know, hey, what's the footwork that the offensive line is using? Yeah. Um, where where's the quarterback's path for the exchange with the halfback?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, how's how's my entry point going to be like if they're in a if the defensive line's an on front versus an even front? Yeah. Um, you know, what happens if the safety comes down in the box? Are we going to plus that one over so we're going to count him in the mix and then I have to push over to the will versus the Mike backer you know, whatever the case may be. So I've always looked at the game from a very strategic and analytical standpoint. And I think in college that really gave me the edge where I might've lacked like some speed or quickness Mm -hmm. um, because I was able to think a lot faster than I was able to run. So I was able to, um, you know, diagnose things very efficiently. And um, even on the field, like there's, it's funny because we would be watching the film on like Mondays or whatever. and the coach would be like did you just turn around right before the ball was snapped and say something to jock or whoever the running back was i'd be like yeah because i saw the safety come down you know over the uh number two receiver when there was already a linebacker pushed out so i knew that one of those guys had to be blitzing off the edge because they wouldn't have two over one in space over there with they when they had a one high safety yeah he was like he was like you were able to you know figure that out just by that it's like yeah, because I saw it on film ten times before. You know what I mean. So it's just stuff like that that I think, in terms of like mental, um, mental preparation. If you're able to kind of study tape like you're studying for school or whatever, like recognize patterns, um, yeah. be able to pick stuff up like that. Mm-hmm. I would say being able to play like above the neck. So I remember when I was at Cal, yeah. we had a uh, we had a DB named Cam Bynum. He plays for the Vikings now. Like yep, he yep, would yep. always joke. He would always joke about being like above the neck and he would go like this. Yeah. Um, but that was because Cam, like Cam wasn't like a crazy fast guy, even for a DB. Like he was, he was fast, honestly, but yeah. not insanely fast. Yeah. But he was just so cerebral and able to diagnose things from the back, back end that um, he was just able to play like he was much faster than he is. Sure. And he would be like, come on, man, I'm fast. I'm like, you are fast, Cam. But like, you know, you're smarter than you are fast. So. Yeah. Uh, being able to play above the neck like that um, I think definitely helped me in my career and yeah. hopefully helped the guys around me so for sure and again it's, 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 it's team
1: sure. game so if you're able to di- diagnose something you're able to understand something you're able to communicate that like you just said um, to the running back um, you know it's only going to be able to I know you know coach uh, you know first year now coaching uh, at, at the high school level here it's like our coach preaches that, you know, it's a team game. We need all 11 guys doing their job. And if you're able to, like you said, diagnose something or understand the way the defense is structured and communicate that it helps those 11 other 10 guys as well as yourself operate on a more efficient level. So uh, yeah, I love that. See it like how you are talking about, like, you know, you seeing that on film 10 times and how the importance of film, because I think a lot of, people forget that or don't really understand that the importance of watching film and, um, learning from the, the film, um, itself to, to improve to yourself and improve your, your gameplay. So speaking.
2: hundred yeah, percent. Of- and I think like another thing too, with watching film is yeah. a lot of people will confuse, like cool. spending a lot of time watching film versus getting a lot of out, getting a lot out of watching film. Um, and I remember, so like against, uh, was at University of Wyoming. My yep. second year at UNC. Yep. Uh, I picked up that when their inside linebackers were going to blitz, um, like you know, just as soon as the ball was snapped, just like a, a strike blitz like that. They would really have a hard time with like controlling their body from like leaning forward, uh, you know, like before the snap. So you know, when I'm down in like a three point stance or whatever, and I knew and I know like, hey, it's Second and short, they have a tendency to, you know, blitz their inside backers almost down in distance. I'd be kind of, like, looking through the offensive line at the, like, legs of those linebackers and see if they were kind of, like, twitching in their calves or, like, really, like, hard on the balls of their feet. And I remember showing that to the guys um, in a meeting room on, like, the – after, like, the Wednesday practice that we had. Yeah. And a couple of them were like, that's such an obscure, small thing like that. And I was like, well, it's a trend. And yeah. watching film isn't always necessarily about picking up, like, this is exactly what they do at this time, you know. Well, that's the difference from whatever. Yeah.
1: A drive stalling out versus you guys moving forward and scoring a touchdown, you know, like
0: yeah, exactly.
1: you know, and drive. So even the little tiny things, I love that, how you're like, you're paying attention to all the details and detail and the importance of the details. Um, which I think a lot of times are lost or, or mistaken um, in a sense, but it's great to see um, how how you did that throughout your, your college career. Um, But talk about you, you transfer, I'm interested in uh, understanding how the the transfer port, because the transfer portal NIL has gotten so big now. um, It's crazy how that, that works. And I'm interested in how um, that process works. So you went to Cal, You were a linebacker at Cal, then they transitioned you into a fullback, and then you transfer out to to UNC. How was that transfer? Kind of walk me through or talk me through that uh, transfer um, process and the transfer
2: portal. Um, Yeah, so my transfer situation was um, kind of like a mutual thing between the coaches at Cal and I. Um, It was just, you know, for a variety of reasons, it was just time to move on. wasn't necessarily like any ill will on anybody's side. It just... In terms of, you know, the way that they wanted to operate the offense going forward and um, my capabilities and skill set just didn't align. So I ended up graduating from Berkeley uh, in three years. So I got out a year early and then um, which kind of goes back to like what I was saying about taking care of business in high school, um, Mm -hmm. school wise. I took a bunch of AP classes and pretty much when I stepped on campus um, as a freshman at Berkeley, I was already ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Credits wise, and then obviously taking summer school while yeah. you're there, you know, working out the summer. So I was able to graduate a year early. Yeah. Um, so after my third season, which was the COVID year, yeah. I uh, had that conversation with the coaches, yeah. went in the portal as a grad transfer. Okay. And I spoke to a couple schools. um I spoke to a couple schools pretty shortly after I had gone in the portal.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, but None of them pulled the trigger on sending me an offer. Um, so I was in the portal for several months, um, pretty much the whole like spring semester of of school. Yeah. And I was just working out on, on my own. I always joke that that was when I was like in college free agency because yeah. I was just training on my own and um, not even at like the team facility. I was training at like a, a public gym in, in Berkeley. Yeah. And uh, so I was just training my own, running on my own, doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And it kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to get an offer to keep playing somewhere. So yeah. I started updating the resume and everything, and um, started looking on LinkedIn for jobs and all that. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, dang, like I guess this is it. Kind of a, kind of a bummer of an ending to my football career. But you know, I, nothing really that was in my control. But it was kind of funny. I think it was like April or May of that spring so by this point i was like you know getting ready to graduate and kind of thinking like all right i'll probably take a couple months in the summer to relax a little bit and then start a job in the fall yeah um and max mccaffrey uh slid into my dms on twitter and he was like he was like hey zach like this is coach max from unc um would love to get on the phone with you about uh, possibly bringing you up here if you're interested and i was like being myself It was almost at that point where I was kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, gave up, but kind of just accepted that I was like, hey, I just, you know, it doesn't seem like I'm going to get another opportunity. I'm not going to, like, go to JUCO or whatever. Like, I've already graduated college, so I guess this is just kind of the end of the road for me. But then when he DM'd me, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't even care, like, what it is or whatever. I just want to go play. So I got on a call with him, and he was like, hey, we want to, you know, bring you in, be our fullback and everything. I got on the phone with Coach Ed, yeah. um, just talked to him about some things that were important to me. And we had a lot of things in common. And, and so he's like, yeah, you know, we'd love to have you. And I, I said, perfect. I'll be there in a couple weeks. So kind of just packed up my, uh, my life in Berkeley and, and brought it over to Greeley. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's, I mean, it's always interesting. I always talk to guys about, or who have transferred, Um, or about that process because you know as you know nil and transfer portal that's a whole nother you know uh that could be a whole nother podcast episode just talking about that the whole time but i like to get an idea basic idea of how that process has played out for for guys so it was it was cool hearing that um and again it's cool um you know the opportunities that football gives you and you know it's always about you know and and Always about you know continue to, to try, continue to work harder, continue to get better. It's great you, you were working, you were working out and staying in shape and staying fit, physically fit, stuff like that for an opportunity. And it's great to see how things uh worked out for you that way. Um and, and uh, you know, now you now you're in Greeley, now you're in still in Colorado, um, working in Colorado. So it's great to see uh that that process working out for you. But yeah. we'll move in. I like to do a little bit before we end the the, the podcast segment, I like to do a little bit of a rapid fire segment, just to have fun with it. So I'll ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Uh, Zach, just anything off the top of your head, um, go for it. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Uh, any, do you have any pregame or did you have any pregame rituals in college? Um. Or pregame superstitious yeah yeah
2: yeah i would say i wouldn't say it was that weird i just liked to go to like a quiet place in the locker room Mm -hmm. um and just like put on my headphones and kind of like get in the zone like about 10 minutes before we went out uh for kickoff and i don't know i feel like that's pretty common like most people do that i just kind of like collect myself mentally and like get ready to go play um superstition yeah i don't know big smelling salts guy other than that like i don't know oh you're no a smelling
1: salts guy dude i
2: got yeah. some wheeze uh from- <laughs> by the desk <laughs> I, I love it smelling salts. wake up
0: in the morning yeah the you help you wake up
2: so yeah. i uh, would say yeah i would say just for me i just like to listen to music and yeah um yeah just have my headphones on for a couple minutes before we go out there and like get away from everybody and kind of just yeah. compose myself before I go out there, um, you, you mentioned yeah, something like crazy superstitious
1: headphones. There, favorite uh, pregame type type of music that you listen to pregame, or what is what is your go to pregame music with the headphones?
2: It's gonna kind of, sound kind of crazy, but like I didn't have a specific playlist. Okay, like I didn't I didn't have something set. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't have something set. Like this is the song I listen to every time before I go out and play. It yeah. would kind of depend like how I felt during the week. Mm-hmm. um You know, honestly, like my mood at the time, and it wasn't always even like something like super, like head banging, like crazy. Okay. Like sometimes it was just like a, I don't know, like a Zach Bryan song or something like that, where I would just kind of like get in the, you know, what I mean, get in, get in the zone. yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have like a super like set, set in stone playlist. Just kind of with the vibes. Yeah.
1: Yep. Favorite stadium that you've played in? It could be either during your time at UNC or at Cal whichever uh you want to look at what mm. is out, out of those out of the, your football college football career your favorite uh stadium that you played in in college packed mm. i know the pac 12 they've got some nice nice I'm gonna, to
2: separate, I'm gonna have to separate the two i think because okay. they're just different different kind of experiences obviously from like pack 12 to big sky yeah um and I'm also not going to include the home stadium in either of those. So yeah. Bears, fans, Bears fans and Bears fans, yeah. don't get offended. But I would say when I was at Cal, yeah, well, it was tough too because I would say, well, we did play at Ole Miss when I was mm-hmm. a redshirt freshman. So my second year, um, we played at Ole Miss when I was at Cal and we won. So I would say winning in an SEC stadium as like an away team, that was pretty fun. And it was like, it was a pretty, pretty rowdy crowd. So that was pretty fun. Um, we played in the Rose bowl yep. when we played UCLA, but it was during COVID and uh, there was nobody in the stands. So that was like kind of weird. Cause it's such a big stadium big place, but yeah, but with nobody in the stands, it just felt weird. Yeah. Um, I would say at UNC, Yeah, let's now let's transition to favorite big sky stadium. There you go. Yeah, UNC. I would say the the best fans, like the most passionate fans, and again, this is not including the home crowd. Yeah. But when we played at Montana State, my first year at UNC, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Those
2: those fans were going crazy. It was packed out. Yeah. Um, we got beat pretty bad, so that wasn't fun. But like the stadium experience for sure was fun.
0: For sure.
2: And I would say my last college football game i played on the inferno the red turf at eastern washington yeah. and so that was kind of a funny experience where like i i was excited to play there yeah. um and it was kind of funny like walking off that field for the last time and it was like dang like this was the end of my college career and like the end of my football career and then it was like and i'm looking at this red turf like <laughs>
0: it's just, it was okay. kind of a
2: funny yeah it was kind of a funny experience like This is very memorable, like last college football game on red turf. Um, So, yeah, those were a couple ones that kind of stood out to me during my time playing.
1: For sure. And then what's the uh, best piece of advice that you've received? Could be in your life, could be in your football career. What's overall, uh, you know, what would be what would you say is the one piece of advice that you'd consider probably the best piece of advice that you've received?
2: I'd say I'll separate those two. I'll say in like personal life or just in life in general. Yeah. Um having high integrity definitely is a big one. Yeah. Um living up to what you say you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh telling the truth, even if it might offend people or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um it kind of just like sticking sticking to your word. Like if you say you're gonna do something, follow through and do it and do it the best you can. Yeah. And I would say in football, um just Being the best teammate you can be in whatever role you have. So what I mean by that is like when I was a freshman at Cal and redshirting, um, I was like scout team superstar, right? Like going crazy on scout team and and some of the older guys would get pissed off, right? And they'd be like, like, oh, like chill out, chill out, whatever. And it's not like I was doing like cheap stuff, like hitting after the whistle or whatever, but just like going super hard in practice, even though I wasn't, you know, going to play on Saturdays yeah um, and I was always commended for that by the coaches, yeah. um even when it, when it annoyed some of the older players. yeah, um so that was like you know, in my role at the time, I was the best teammate I could be because I was getting the guys a good look so they could go out there and and play on Saturday as well. yeah, um and then as I got scout team older, guys
1: don't get enough credit. I'll say that
2: yeah you need you need a strong you need scout team guys that put in good effort, but know yeah. how to practice the right way because yeah. a lot of them, um, not I shouldn't say a lot of them, but like some young guys, they'll be like upset that they're not playing. so they kind of either are lazy during Scout team yeah. or don't really pay attention and give the right look or or mess around or whatever. And so you need guys that play hard and and you know do what they need to do to give the right look for the starters. Um, and then as I got older, of course, like getting more into a leadership role, yeah. and being more um you know looked up to by the younger guys and stuff i just really took pride in like connecting with those young guys and um being a being a good leader to them and everything yeah. and i think like the guys at unc especially cuz those from probably like senior and redshirt senior years um mm-hmm. those young running backs would definitely say like yeah i lived up to that so i remember you know if they ever need anything i told them to call yeah um, i would have those guys over for dinner all the time i'm a, I'm a big big cook i love to cook so yeah. i would i would always make dinners for them and stuff and i remember on on senior day i the night before senior day i wrote all of them like a letter mm-hmm. about like hey like i just kind of like you know private stuff but like ex- yeah like just kind of like shared <laughs> some thoughts with right, them yeah and and when I got to the facility in the morning, I just put it in all their lockers, you know. Uh, so just like little stuff like that, like I feel like if you yeah. have um, have a positive impact on like the younger guys when you're an older guy, yeah. uh, you can really you know start like what evolves into a really strong culture. Because okay, sure. I know a lot of those guys now, like they're leaders at UNC now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jaquez, yeah. Red, Caden, um, Meese, like a lot of those guys, like they're they're leaders at UNC now because they worked hard and they weren't afraid to like learn from the guys that had already had some success, success. Right. And they, that were doing things the right way. And so, um, yeah, I was really proud of like the leadership that I just you know, from the end of my time at Cal and then going into UNC.
1: Yeah. No, leadership is, is, is big as you get older, you know, mentoring uh, the younger guys, helping out the younger guys. Um And like you said, it, it, it permeates through the team. Um, and helps to build that that culture, that positive culture um uh, within the team. I will say this, man. You brought up your you love the cook and you're a good chef. I every time you post on Instagram those those meals, man, I get hungry. I will say that. Appreciate um, it. That's this is I could I could I could eat that right now. Um yeah. so, no, I appreciate you on that. But you mentioned like having that positive impact and, you know, have having that sense of pride and um, seeing that, seeing that um, positive impact that you've left on the young guys. So as we close out kind of the the episode here, I uh, want to give you a chance to um, kind of impart advice to younger guys. And, you know, I always tell our guests, you know, Matt, if you're in a scenario where you're talking to and you, you, you do that, you already mentioned that earlier. You do that with, uh, your high school back at home, and talk to those young guys um, there. But what's the one piece of advice you know if you were talking to high school kids or kids that are coming up that are truly passionate about playing at the next level, playing at the Division One level, um, like you have? What's the one piece of advice that you would say stands out that you would give to those those kids?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just summing everything that I've said already up, I would say just do the little things right. You know, yeah. whether that's whether that's, um, you know, making sure your grades are right so you can get into whatever college is recruiting you, yeah.
0: um,
2: you know, paying attention uh, to your film study, yeah. working hard in the offseason season, all that stuff. Because, you know, what happens on like those – what a high school play, like 10, 10 games or, or nine games or whatever in high school? What happens on those nine nine to 12, I guess, if we have playoffs or whatever, Friday nights? Yeah. That's not – you know that's not just a summary of like what you did in the week before. That's a summary yeah. of the entire year, right? So mm-hmm. if you're doing the right things, those little things the right way um, throughout the year, throughout the off season, everything, yeah. then those those games are going to take care of themselves. Like I remember in high school, I had so much fun, especially my senior year. Like I had so much fun um, just playing with my boys, and like we won our section that year and everything. And yeah, um, it's because we had just worked so hard that season going into that year and you know i was i was the leader of that team and um i really took it upon myself to like tell those guys i was like hey like let's let's finish off our careers together mm-hmm. um you know let's finish it off on a good note like let's let's win some games let's have some fun
0: yeah
2: and you know we we worked really hard and i was i was always the one too like yeah Hey, if I'm not holding up to the standard, like I expect you guys to get on me. And if, if you're, you're not holding up to the standard, I'm going to get on you. Right. Sure. And so it was kind of like, those are the guys, like I've literally gone to school with them, most of them since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were just so tight at that point. And we knew that the way we could communicate with each other and get on each other, yeah. um, we just pushed each other so hard. And so we did all the little things right leading up to that uh, you know, last year all playing together and it was really fun. It was really a memorable year for sure.
1: Yeah. It kind of makes me think of, you know, I I read a quote a couple of weeks ago. It said, if you can't do the little things right, you're never going to be able to do the big things. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you got to be able to set those little goals and do those little things correct in order to, to get to the level that you want to get to. So that's great. Um, great advice and kind of what you've talked about, you know, throughout the episode, it's been, it's been great. Um, kind of advice and great, um, you know, for young guys and kind of how it, it's very admirable how you like you've been able to mentor all these guys and, and impart your knowledge and have a have such a positive impact, not just on the football field, but off it as well. Because you know, like I, I've heard coaches say, our head coach at the at West says it all the time: is you know, football's net, football's not forever, right? You gotta use these lessons that you learn in football and impart them in your life. And it's been great to see kind of how you've been able to do that and, um, and, and have such a positive impact on, on all these different guys from Cal to UNC. Um, And again, that, that's the beautiful thing I think of football is the, how places that it takes you and how it allows you to impact so many people um, in that manner. So that's all
2: the time. Absolutely. And being, being a, Being the position that I've been into, where I've had such great role models and, and yep. leaders, um, you know, whether it was when I was younger in high school versus, yep. or you know younger in my career at Cal, like a bunch of older guys kind of setting that example for me too. Um, definitely laid the foundation. So I'm very grateful for those guys as well for kind of setting that setting that uh, ball rolling, putting it in motion for me.
1: That that's the that's the key thing I tell my guys too is to have that sense of gratitude as well. Cause I think a lot of times, and I see that in you, you talked about it just now about how um, all that stuff is just having that sense of gratitude, being grateful, all that stuff. And because again, you can only play football for so long. Uh, and so it's like, you got to take advantage, be grateful for the moments that you do have um, mentor, help each other out in that sense. So it's been great to seek how, how you've done that um, and how you fared. So um, but that's all the time that we have for this uh, episode of the athlete insights podcast. Again, want to thank Zach Angelillo, um, for coming on. I know it's late, so I appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you, you sticking with me, uh, on this. I'll have, uh, Zach's social media on the screen on, on YouTube. I'll have the little layer, um, with all your social media handles so you can follow, um, Zach on there as well kind of follow his post um, football career as well. So um, you can, you can follow him. You can find our podcast, my podcast on YouTube, Google podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, you can, you can find this podcast at. So Zach uh, once again, man, I want to just again, thank you um, for, for taking the time out of your day and uh, doing this. I appreciate it. So um, yeah, thank you very much.
2: Got it. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, we'll see you next time.